0: Welcome to the Cream of the Crop podcast. Today we have Kiro Morales, who's the operations manager for Highland Fresh Technologies. Hey, Kiro. How you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, just to give everyone that's listening a background, um, Highland Fresh Technologies is our little hidden gem here at Highland. Um, Kiro didn't have to come far today. He literally just came upstairs to our studio. Uh, to talk with us. So we're super excited to get started. Um, Kiro, can you just tell us a little bit about Highland Fresh? What do you do there? What is the mission of Highland Fresh?
1: So every Highland company has been focused on the farmer. Mm -hmm. That's always been the mission. Yeah. Um, For Highland Fresh, what we do is we're focused on the post-harvest aspect. Okay which is, you know, improving the arrivals of their products, mm-hmm. strengthening their food safety and sanitation programs, mm-hmm. making sure they have proper cleaning procedures in place, that sort of thing. Um, so that's, that's what happens after the, uh, after the harvest is picked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brought into a packing facility, uh, typically, and uh, there it will be washed and processed and packed and ready for distribution. So that's kind of what Highland Fresh focuses on. Um, it always gets me when I talk to somebody and you'd be surprised how often it happens that they don't really realize where groceries come from.
0: Yeah. So true.
1: And they think it just comes out of the back of the store. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a big process that happens behind the scenes from, from the time that it leaves the field to the time that it gets to the grocery store. Yeah. And, uh, there's just a lot of people that don't realize that. So I was talking to my neighbor the other day and, uh, we talked about strawberries mm-hmm. because the strawberry festival was going on mm-hmm. and he didn't realize that they were actually packed out in the field. Wow. Yeah. That they aren't actually, they're brought into the packing house just to be cooled down to temp before mm-hmm. sent to distribution centers. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of variety. Um, depending on commodity, you know, they're like potatoes and apples. They will be harvested and brought into storage. Yeah and then they'll be kept in storage for a while before actually being processed and cleaned. So there's a big variety and and that's kind of where we come in and kind of what we focus on is what happens after the field and before distribution centers.
0: So it seems like with ag, production ag specifically, there's so many different processes that you guys could potentially work with. We have field packed and packed on the line and put in lugs, put in dump tanks, you know, all the different things um, that would affect sanitation what is necessarily what do you do with post-harvest sanitation do you guys sell a product like how does that work what do you guys do in that aspect
1: so our our big focus is providing uh, unique chemistries to clean and sanitize either the produce itself or the the equipment that Mm -hmm. is used in that process whether it's lugs to bring field uh, produce into the packing house Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the equipment itself in the packing house, okay. um, you know, you're dealing with large volumes of fruit. Uh, people don't realize just, just to give an example, we have a, a tomato packer here in Florida,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who in their peak season can run 125,000 pounds of tomatoes an Gosh. hour, an hour, an hour. <laughs>
0: I don't even know what that would look like. So
1: just imagine, you know, that's so many tomatoes again, that's just one hour and you're doing this all day long. Mm-hmm for several hours a day, 10, 12 hours a day could be longer. And you have to have a way to process that. So it becomes, it really becomes a conveyor system where you have an assembly line like you would a vehicle Mm -hmm. and you have different people working in different areas. So all that, all those fruit get run on that line. And at the end of the day, you have to do something with that to clean that and sanitize that, Mm -hmm. um, it becomes a cross contamination point if you don't maintain it um, just kind of a kind of a crude example is your your dinner plate, yeah, you know after you've eaten dinner, you wouldn't just set that aside and come back the next day and use it again, <laughs> unless you were like I a mean, teenage boy maybe well then. yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> then, but uh you know if they did that once or twice, yeah, it kind of gets disgusting after yeah. a while. But it can actually build up bacteria and, mm-hmm. and become dangerous. And then everything else that you put on there becomes contaminated. Mm-hmm. So you wash that plate after you've eaten it, yeah. after you've eaten off of it for the next time to get it ready. So that's kind of, that's what we, we do. Our, our products are focused on making sure that we get rid of all the bacteria and all the things that can make people sick or that can harm the produce. Because it's not all uh, bacteria, that are pathogenic to humans, mm-hmm. it could be just a, a issue for the tomato or for the potato that makes for that, crop, yeah. for the crop itself, that makes that dissolve or, or go bad. So.
0: so it sounds like there's a, a large element of chemistry and science involved in what you're doing, right? There is. <laughs> so there is. You said these products. Tell us about the products that Highland offers.
1: So two of our main products that we, that we focus on in Highland Fresh, there's, there's Selectricide and CS223. Our selectricide product is a chlorine dioxide, which is not chlorine. A lot of people think it's chlorine just because it's got the word chlorine in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually molecularly different. Um, it has a different mode of action. Um, they're, they're both oxidizers, but the selectricide with the process that we have in place to generate the selectricide... Mm-hmm. It's actually non-corrosive for the equipment. Oh, good. It's stronger than the other oxidizers out there. So, and we're using it at a lower level. So you're getting a a fast kill at low levels, Mm -hmm. which means it's non-corrosive for the equipment and it's also worker-friendly. So there there are chemistries out there that are strong and they may be an Mm acid-based. So that's something you don't really want to get on your skin. Now, I'm not saying you should take a bath in it, but, you know, if, you, if it were to spill on you, it's, it's not going to harm you like other chemistries could. Uh, the CS223 is a cleaning soap that we actually had designed specifically for the ag industry. It, it's all about having the right tool for the right job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the CS223 is designed to solubilize sugars, okay. and in a packing facility, fruit and vegetables, they're all full of sugars. Mm -hmm. And when you run that across the surface, those sugars get left behind, they, they get hard, they start to create biofilms that becomes a harbor point for bacteria and Mm -hmm. a food source for the bacteria. So there, the industry has used a lot of, um, soaps that are made for proteins, which are good for like meat industries or dairy industries. Uh, but, but we're not dealing with proteins here. We're dealing with sugars. Mm -hmm. So by solubilizing the sugar, we're actually able to get rid of the biofilms. We're actually able to get rid of those Harbor points. And again, it's, it's about being more efficient with Mm -hmm. the cleaning, being more effective with the cleaning. Mm -hmm. Uh, So by designing it to attack what the actual problem is, it's very effective in the industry.
0: I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. And we've talked about what products Highland Fresh offers and why they're different and what's special about them. But how did HFT get its start? I know at the beginning you said that you're farmer focused, which I think is a phenomenal way to start a product. Um, but what is like the, what started all this? Like, how did you guys become successful?
1: Back in uh, in around 2005, mm-hmm. uh, when Steve was running the the packaging uh, side of, the, of Highland, yeah. Uh, a lot of the customers were coming to him because they were, they were starting to get new requirements for food safety Mm -hmm. and they were looking for a way to achieve those requirements. And there wasn't a lot of help out there. So Steve was looking around for, again, for another way to help the farmer. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we've always done is what, what can we do to help? So there was a need there. They were looking for help in, in the post-harvest uh sector Mm -hmm. to to be able to fulfill these requirements his partner at the time was at a pma show Mm -hmm. and in the back corner there was this no-name company and they had a molecular structure on the board and he it caught his attention so he started talking to him about it and finding out what it was and it showed some promise Uh, It turns out it it was selector side. So Steve does what he does best. And he found Frank Kelsey, who knows his stuff when it comes to chemistry. Uh, Frank's got a a degree in microbiology. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he asked Frank, hey, take a look at this. Is this is this real? And Frank said, absolutely, it is. Uh, Of course, Steve knows if you want to be the best, you get the best. Yeah. So he got Frank to come on board
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's kind of how Highland fresh started. And, uh, about a year later, um, there was a client that was on the packaging side mm-hmm. that was having problems with arrivals. They, they couldn't get their, their fruit to market without it disintegrating. Oh wow! So they were having a huge problem. And, uh, Steve asked Frank, Hey, do you think select Your side would help here? Frank said, absolutely. So, Frank went up and uh, they they put in the system. And within two days, when their control samples were starting to break apart, there were no issues with with the stuff they had run with the selector side. And it was like a light switch. It just changed from not being able to get rid of everything to actually um, not having any issues at all. So it was a total light switch. And That really kicked off Highland Fresh and really got our name on the map. And from there... We just kept growing.
0: For the listeners that don't know, Frank Kelsey is our chief science officer at Highland. So he works with you. He also works with us on the technology side with our chemical database. Um, Frank's actually been on the podcast before. He's called in. Where does he live? Utah?
1: He's actually in Colorado. Colorado. I
0: just knew it was cold wherever he was. (laughs) But he's called in several times. Um, And he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to science. That's for sure. He
1: he loves what he does and it shows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, he's so grower oriented. He really wants these growers to to um, have that relief when they use the Highland Fresh products. So with talking about Frank, when he was on the podcast, um, he was talking about COVID at the very beginning of COVID and how it was affecting our growers and also our sanitation practices. So I know that here at Highland, we were all given a bottle of selectricide when COVID (laughs) started to clean our surfaces and things like that, um, which was so exciting to like see, you know, real life, something that we sell being used for ourselves. Um, but with COVID being on mind, how has COVID changed maybe what you guys are doing um, now versus what you were doing a little over a year ago?
1: COVID has changed a lot. I mean, no nobody's going to argue that. Um, when it first hit, uh, a lot of people stopped going to restaurants, stopped eating out, which, which ended up affecting us because without the customer base at the restaurants, a lot of the packers weren't able to sell their products. Yeah. They weren't able to sell their tomatoes, and if they couldn't sell their tomatoes, they weren't picking the tomatoes, so they weren't washing. So that that really had an effect on our uh, uh, on 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 what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, though, Selectricide was actually already labeled for coronavirus yeah. prior to the outbreak. Mm-hmm. There's different strains of coronavirus. Yeah. So this was a new one, but we already had data. And already had a label that said we were effective against coronavirus. Mm -hmm. With that, we were able to go to these facilities and say, you know, you can protect yourselves. You can protect your employees by sanitizing high-touch surfaces. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got all these workers that do work out in the field. They have to get there by bus. So you have to wait to sanitize the buses and the housing that they live in. So there were all these opportunities now to to sanitize new surfaces that they didn't typically do before Mm -hmm. because of the virus. So even though our, our farmers took a hit, uh, we as a company actually did more sales in March of nine of 20 than we have in any other March in history. Wow. So that just showed the need that people had to get this under control. We not only, Worked with farmers for that, but we actually ended up working in other industries as well with Selectricide okay. because it, it became, you know, an office sanitizer, mm-hmm. you know, it, car washes, car cleaners, uh, mm-hmm. car rental places. Uh, and all these people could use it because they were trying to combat you know, COVID 19. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually ended up uh, playing in our favor. Um, unfortunately, I'd, I'd rather not have it, but, yeah. but we were ready for it. Sure. So that ended up being a uh, uh, selector side was just the perfect fit for that.
0: It was kind of like the light at the, you know, you're in this big tunnel and you're like, there is this little light that we now have a need. And, and you can definitely use that as a marketing tool for your business. That's of right. Hey, you know, all of us are facing the same struggle, but now we have this product that can help. Um, and I'm sure, like, I know you guys position things as help, you know, we want to help the growers. That's we help
1: again, them. that's, that's our focus. And, you know, there, there have been times where we have customers come to us and ask us for help. And it's not something that we carry, or it's not something that we do. Mm-hmm. But we still find a way to help them. Yeah, whether it's you know, reviewing a product for them and telling them if it, if it would work or not, Mm -hmm. whether it's pointing them to another company that has what they need, because we don't, we don't want to sell you a product. We want to make sure that you're successful. Yeah. You know, it's a great, we've got, we've got great products and we know our products do well. Um, There are certain situations where our products may not be a fit. Mm -hmm. So we will make sure that you have what you need to be successful.
0: So it's like a true industry partnership. That's that's our goal. It's not just like a vendor for them. That's right. And you guys like actually go in facilities for growers and help them. Like, what does that process look like? I I know I've seen some pictures on social media of you guys like installing these big machines and things. Like, tell me about that process.
1: Yeah. So we go into facilities um, with our systems. Uh, A lot of times we will install those for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Our systems are very simple to use. They're not complicated, uh, but it's one less thing that they have to deal with. It's yeah. one less thing that they have to worry about. If we're able to come in and put that in for them mm-hmm. and then just show them how to use it, it saves them a lot of time, saves them a lot of headache. Um, we've created videos for training purposes oh, for wow. them so that they can actually go online. Anytime they have turnover, they, get, they have a new guy that's mm-hmm. in charge of it this season that didn't do it last season. You know, it, it doesn't require another trip to come out there to, to show them how to use it again. Again, it's, it's very simple to use. Um, and, and we do go out there because it's always been boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always been the focus. Um, we want to make sure you know that we're here to help in any way that we can. Uh, so it, it, it is interesting to go into these different facilities and how a potato packing house is different Mm -hmm. from a cantaloupe packing house, you know, and, and, There, there's just different equipment. Um, There's different processes. Yeah, they're all doing the same thing. They're all washing and packing, but how they get there can be totally different. So having having all those different uh, experiences and different commodities really gives us an edge in helping somebody who thinks we may not be able to help them, and then they come to us and finds out we have the answer.
0: And that's a great place to be, like in a solution based area. Like you guys are always finding the solution. Um, I know that when you're talking about differences in packing houses, I was like, my brain was just rolling because when I went to college, that was my first like take in the produce industry. You know, I did a lot of things in livestock before, but never had done much in produce. And we would go places and I would be like, why is this completely different everywhere I go? Yeah. Right. Because depending on the crop, it's so different, um, different industry standards, different labor forces, you know? some are domestic, some are foreign. Like it's so much that goes into that and so much different training programs and all of that. Um, like you were talking about for sure, but going back to when you said boots on the ground, I think that's really commendable of a company. And I think that's how you build your brand in ag. I don't think that you can have a a brand that's recognizable if you've never gone and stepped foot on a farm, right? I think it provides a lot of that mutual respect.
1: Yeah. Farmers talk to each other. They're, Mm -hmm. they're a community. Um, and if you, if you go back and look and kind of look at our client base, you'll see that we have, uh, although you have farmers all over the country, and, and we have clients all over the country, you certainly have pockets mm-hmm. where one farmer may have had an issue and we were able to solve that. So he's immediately telling all of his farmers, yeah, they're kind of competing in a way because they're all yeah. trying to sell their pro- their their crop mm-hmm. but they also know that if somebody's having an issue in their area it's going to affect all of them as well yeah. so they they're really a community they talk to each other um, so when we're able to go out and see a client a lot of times they'll be like hey why don't you go talk to to this guy you know while you're here um and and it's a lot of our business really was word of mouth mm-hmm. uh, again because our product works so well and solved the issue that they had they were very happy to pass that along to their to their neighbors.
0: It's crazy what happens when you actually formulate a product around a problem, <laughs> right? Don't you think more it's people always, would do it? <laughs> it's
1: always the right tool for the right job. Again, yeah. like the the CS223, we're not dealing with proteins, we're dealing with sugars. So this is designed specifically for sugars, yeah. and that's why it works.
0: That's It makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, why yeah. doesn't everyone hop on this bandwagon? Um, there's such an element of science to what you're talking about. And I'm curious, how has the industry in what you guys are doing? Like, is it very receptive? I mean, what does that look like for the industry?
1: When we first got started, uh, this was called disruptive technology mm-hmm. because we were doing things that most people weren't really focused on. Yeah. Um, a- as an example, uh, the the tomato industry, they use uh, dump tanks and that's where where they take their large bins of tomatoes from the field. And they dump them basically into a pool of water to uh, transport them into the conveyor system. And they do that for several reasons, you know. uh, But when we first started, the focus in that industry was that was tomato treatment, was whatever you did in the dump tank is how you were treating the tomato. And Frank, from the beginning, was, was of the mindset that, this is really just a bacteria pool yeah. for the tomatoes because <laughs> yeah. you have bad tomatoes that go in there. Well, that stays in the water and then you're dumping all these good everything tomatoes else. in there. So you, you're, you're spreading it around. Um, so anything you you do in the dump tank really just ends up treating the water. It doesn't do much for the fruit. Yeah. There's a little bit of benefit, but not much. So that's when that's where we come in with our non-recovery spray which is what selectricide is after it comes out of the dump tank Mm -hmm. onto what we call a brush bed uh, rollers with brushes on them. It gives a little bit of agitation. That's where we spray the selectricide. So it was, it was very disruptive because it wasn't the mindset, you know, it was treat the dump tank, treat the dump tank. And now if you go in people, you know, this 10, 15 years later, people understand that yeah, the dump tank helps to get the tomatoes into the system, but that's not where we're treating the tomatoes. Yeah. We're treating them in the brush bed, so it, it was really disruptive in the way people were thinking about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't necessarily well received, but once we started showing the benefits and, and the people data. started right, and, yeah. and people started seeing the, having the success with it, yeah. they started to realize, hey, we we've, we've got something here.
0: That's a, such a cool story. And I'm laughing because my mom and I frequently get in arguments about water. Like water doesn't do anything to clean something. Like, you know, she'll rinse off a strawberry with water. And I'm like, you just spread all the bad stuff when you do that. Like you're not actually cleaning the fruit. So um, it's. I'm glad that you said that. I'm going to make sure she listens to this episode <laughs> and listens to your wisdom on that one. But yeah, Well, it's,
1: it's always good to rinse your, your fruits and yes. vegetables. That's, that's always a good habit. But you don't want to you know, swirl them around in a bowl, that, yes. that doesn't help. Yes. If you do it in, in a, like a freshwater stream, you yeah. know, that certainly does provide some benefit. For
0: sure. She likes to put them in a bowl. It makes yeah. me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did want to pull out one thing you said. Um, you said that they growers weren't focused on um, the cleaning and sanitizing of the nature that you guys do when you started. Um, and I think that the, the perspective has shifted a lot just industry wide um, really, and I wrote this down because I wanted to remember it, but I wrote forced to focus. So I think that now growers, shippers, packers, they're forced to focus on this stuff now because of regulatory and food safety and audits and all of those things. Would you agree with that? Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, there have been a lot of changes in, in the food safety focus uh, over the years, um, and it's it's been getting increasingly more and more demanding on the farmer. Yeah. When when FISMA first came out and things started kicking in, I knew farmers that that decided to retire hmm. versus staying in the game because they didn't want to have to deal with all the new headaches that were being put on them. And, and unfortunately, it's being put on the farmer because the the larger um, buyers don't want to have that liability. Yep. So they make the farmer do it. Or they won't do business with them mm-hmm. so the farmer has no choice but to take on that responsibility and and provide that um you just to stay in business uh, but there has been a lot of a lot of changes over the years and it has become more and more stringent um personally some of it i think has gotten a little out of hand but <laughs> yeah. uh the the basic idea the concept is right yeah. Um, it, there is a need there it, and it's just to protect these, these big outbreaks from happening. But if they do their, their basic cleaning and sanitation, it doesn't have to be anything special, just basic cleaning and sanitation. Mm-hmm. It's going to protect them from having an outbreak. And that's really what the focus is.
0: Yeah. And I think that we all have the same goal. We all want a safe food supply, right? like right. we all want that and all of us are doing different things to achieve that and regulatory you know is requiring these different requirements because obviously you know like in in school I would always be told there's a rule because somebody broke it you know that's right it's the same thing with with auditing and food safety that these are put into place because they had a problem with them one time before or several times but um I did want to point out that when you were talking about retail just for listeners to understand, and we're really trying to drive some podcasts with retail because I think that they are huge names in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Retail drives everything. Yes. So what retail says, it comes all the way down to the growers, but then comes down to you because now you have to provide a product that retail is going to say is okay, or that regulatory is going to say is okay. Which brings me to my next question. Um, Selectricide. It sounds like a big, scary science word, right? It's safe to eat, though, right? We're putting it on our food.
1: That's right. That's okay. right. Uh, selectricide so, so is actually, the chlorine dioxide is actually a gas. Uh, it's, we use water to, to carry it from one place to another. So, we're, we're using the water spray as, as a method of getting the gas to the fruit. Um, so, there's actually no residual with that. Um, selector is very fast acting. We've got a paper in the journal of food protection that shows how selector and brush washing, uh, was able to produce a uh, greater than four log reduction in bacteria wow. in 10 seconds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> at only five PPM.
0: That's not normal.
1: So that is, it's very fast acting, yeah. low concentrations, um, and, and selector chlorine dioxide has actually been around. For many, many years, Mm -hmm. it's been used in the in the pulp milk mill industry and in water treatment facilities. So you it was actually used to treat drinking water. Uh, That's how safe it is. That's how safe it is. That's how safe it is. So it is it's OMRI certified. So it's listed under the organic standards. Uh, So it's it's a very safe green product to use. And uh, there's it's just all the benefits are there.
0: Yeah. So, and is that the same case with the CS223?
1: So the CS223, because it's a soap, uh, there's no actual uh, bacterial claims on there. So okay. it's not an EPA registered product. Most soaps aren't. Gotcha. Um, because it doesn't have, if, if you don't have a bacterial claim, you don't need an EPA registration. Good to know. That being said, there's no hazardous materials, no corrosives, mm-hmm. no bleaches in it. So it's a very safe product to work with. And, and again, it's, it's, it's not going to burn the employees. It's not going to bleach their clothes. Uh, so it, it's very worker-friendly, and and again, because it's designed for the intended purpose, yeah. it, it's very effective.
0: Well, it sounds like Highland Fresh is doing everything to be a part of that safe food supply that we all are driving to. Um, and I just really wanted to thank you today for chatting. I know that listeners probably learned a lot. I learned some stuff, and, and we work in the same building. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really good for me to hear. But um, if anyone wants to know more, they can go to highlandagsolutions.com. Um, and your contact will be there on a button that they could reach out to you, right? Yes,
1: yes. We're, we're on the Highland Ag Solutions website uh, okay. or highlandfresh.net as well. Okay, perfect. Uh, takes them directly to the Highland Ag page. So let's
0: uh, do But it.
1: our contact information is on there, yes.
0: Awesome. So any growers or packers, feel free to reach out. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.